Hey, welcome back again. Uh, we have been, if you've not been with us, and, and you know, I was proud of Tucker for owning that. Uh, last weekend, of course, the gals were on retreat. And it snowed, it snowed at our house on Saturday, and then we're sitting there Saturday night, and Tucker's texting me, should we cancel? What do you think? I go, no, I don't know. And I'm looking, I'm seeing a couple of their churches have canceled. I go, I don't know, it doesn't look bad right now. And he goes, it's going to be really icy in the morning, and we're back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Finally, we call it. And then I wake up in the morning. You know, I get up, it's early. I open the thing up, and there's just beautiful sunshine. I'm going, okay, well, whatever. Uh, but that happens. That happens in the Northwest. We don't. We are not as prepared for snow and stuff here as places that actually get snow are. So you never know. So uh, I miss being with you guys. It's good to be back. We are in the in the uh, not in the middle. We are in the early stages of a study through the Book of Luke. It's been I think fun so far. We're going to continue this morning. Well, uh, two weeks ago, we looked at. John the Baptist and his message of hope that he brought into a really chaotic and challenging time. And I think there was two takeaways for us in that. Uh, and and I'll tell you, this is something I think that's just been on my heart. God's been speaking to me over and over in different ways. But one takeaway is that as, as followers of Jesus, as disciples of Jesus Christ, we have hope no matter what's happening in the world around us. It can get as chaotic and crazy as it can get and Maybe it's there. I don't know. You think we're there, but then you go, I don't know. Maybe take it up a notch. Uh, but in Jesus, there's no false hope. There is no hopelessness. We have hope in him regardless. I think the other takeaway for me, and this is something I've been really praying and asking God to do in my own life, and I'll pray for you guys as well, is to be beacons of hope in the midst of that. I think when we have those you know, opportunities for conversation with neighbors, friends, or maybe even just random people, you know, the barista or whoever, we can speak words of hope and life into people's hearts and lives. So I just encourage you in that. Uh, This morning, we're going to continue actually the same passage. I want to focus on just one verse today, and I want to talk a little bit about baptism. So if you could put my, uh, my title passage, do you have it? You cannot find it. Uh, let me, it's probably not there. Never mind. Forget it. Oh, you know what though? I'll need a Bible. (laughs) If I don't, (laughs) does anybody have a Bible? (laughs) Uh, there we go. Gospel of Luke, Doug. (laughs) You you Uh, I can find it from there. Thanks. Yeah. Our title this morning is cleansed and ready. And I do want to talk a little bit about baptism this morning. Um, <laughs> you get so many pages in this Bible, man. I have. So, uh, Last week, we, or two weeks ago, we talked about John the Baptist, kind of the launching of his ministry coming in uh, to sort of visibility. And uh, we read verse 3 of Luke 3, which says, And he went into all the region around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And that's our text this morning. Uh, we refer to John as John the Baptist, and I don't know about you, but when I hear that, I think of sort of like a, the Baptist denomination. So I think, oh, oh, so John went to the Baptist church, you know, no, he didn't go to the vineyard, he, he was at the Baptist church. But that's not actually uh, 
completely 100% accurate. The, the word there uh, literally means baptizer. It's John the baptizer. And, and so that was his title. It was his role. It was his job, if you will. That's what John came to do, is to baptize people. He had a very specific task. John was very clear on what, what and who he was. He knew he was not the one to come. He was not the Messiah. His job was to prepare people for the coming of the Messiah. His job was to help them get ready to embrace this one who would come. And the way he would do that is, is encourage them and really challenge them towards repentance and then baptize them. He came to baptize people. Uh, and, and he, and he, uh, let me just, uh, baptism and the forgiveness of sins. We talked about this, or we, we, didn't, we sang about it. Actually, Casey sang that little uh, sort of spontaneous break in this morning, no more fear, no more shame. And, and I want to say this, that the beauty of relationship with Jesus and baptism is simply this, that when our hearts have sin in them, we're not ready to receive what the Lord has. There's something that needs to take place first. And when we're baptized and those sins are released from our life, we're freed from that. And there are folks, and we know some of them, who go through life and they carry that shame and the weight of that sin and the burden of that with them everywhere they go. And as he was singing this morning, I, you know, I just got overwhelmed with the presence of God and, and, and thankfulness in my heart, and I, I felt like God said, you know, it's, that is a burden too big to carry. And the reality of it is that no one can carry that. No, no one can walk through life on their own and under the weight of shame of, of past sin in your life. It's, it's a burden too big to carry. We were not designed and created to carry that. We were designed and created to release that into the presence of God and allow Him to take that from us. As we said a couple of weeks ago, baptism is simply, I mean, uh, re- repentance is just simply turning around and going a different direction. Just going, we were going this way, now we're going this way. So when you add to that baptism, baptism means uh, literally to dip. It just means to dip. Um, now I've got to find another verse. This is so old school, man. It's probably good for me. John thirteen twenty six. Kind of the, the uh, last supper there. Jesus is with his disciples. He said, uh, It is to he whom I shall give a piece of bread when I have dipped it. And having dipped the bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. He's talking about who will betray him, but he uses the word dipped there. And that word is baptizo. It's baptism. He, he baptized that bread. Just simply means to dip something. <coughs> and so I would say this. Next time you have a Super Bowl party or a big party at your house and you've got your bowl of chips... Yeah, you could just throw down that chip and say, I baptize you in the name of nacho cheese. And you'd be okay with that. Uh, Obviously, uh, you know, in a spiritual context, baptism has a different connotation. But the word itself literally just simply means to dip. And baptism is one of two sacraments that we practice in the Christian church. Sacrament is a a ritual or a... a, uh, It's a um, practice that's common to a group of people... And in a religious connotation, it is, it is a practice that has sort of a, a, a symbolic meaning to it, 
But at the same time, it's, it's symbolism, but it actually has actual real meaning at the same time. There's a tension in that. And baptism, not as much as communion. I think we feel that tension sometimes. How many of you, and let's be honest, have ever taken communion and you just sort of did it? You just sort of walked through the motions, but it really didn't have any, any meaning to you at that particular moment. Come on, we've all done that. I'm not saying we all do it all the time, but we've all done that. And that's the tension that we face as Christians is to take a symbolic act but make sure in our hearts that it continues to carry the the meaning that it has for us. Um, And and so that's really why being consistently in the presence of God is so important because we lose sight of the the value and the weight of some of those things. Uh, So both baptism and communion, those are the two sort of sacraments practiced by uh, the Protestant church today, um, in terms of symbolism, you know, with communion, we say this is the body and blood of Christ broken for you, poured out for you. And clearly it's not the body and blood of Christ, but we have to find that meaning and that, that depth of, of understanding in that moment and say, okay, Lord, we, I, I recognize now in this time that you were broken. Your body was, was broken for me. Your, your blood really was poured out for me and to come to that place where there really, really is power in those things. Baptism, meaning to dip, is symbolic of this. It's, there's two things. There's two things baptism means to us. The first is that it washes away sin. Our title today, again, was cleansed and ready. So <coughs> we can understand this on a practical, physical level. When you feel dirty, you just want to take a shower, right? Um, for me, I'll just, this is my week. When I, I was, uh, I, I traveled this week to Chicago, and when I get off an airplane, I feel incredibly gross. Does anybody else feel that way? I, I would rather, I, I feel better. I go work in my garden, in my yard for all day, and I get dirt and mud. That's great. When I get off an airplane, I just feel, oh, God. It's just so disgusting. And when I, the first thing I want to do before I eat, before anything, I need to take a shower because it just feels disgusting. Um, I'm just being vulnerable today. That's what, uh, that's really what baptism is about. It's about going through life and we talked about the shame and the guilt and that stuff that you carry with you and sometimes it just becomes overwhelming and you feel kind of gross and just dirty and you dip into the water and you come up clean and there's nothing like that. There's nothing like that. It's symbolic of the ability of the grace of God, of Jesus Christ to come into our lives and cleanse us of any and everything that we've carried throughout our lives, all our sin, the forgiveness of sins, not the forgiveness of a sin, the forgiveness of all sin happens in that moment. As I said earlier, there are just people that carry the weight of that around with them all through their lives and it doesn't have to be so. We don't ever have to do that. None of us are, are presented with the necessity to carry that. We can come to him at any given time. The, the second meaning is even deeper than that. And in Romans, Paul says, Concerning his son Jesus Christ, our Lord was born of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection of him through the dead. 
So he's talking about baptism. The second meaning of baptism, the symbolism is, is even more profound than the cleansing of sin. It really is not only are we cleansed of sin, but that old person that was the sinful person is laid to rest. You know, I, growing up we would do baptisms and, and my pastor would always say, you know, so-and-so, Brogan Marcotte now lays at the bottom of the Smith's pool. And the new Brogan Marcotte is the one that's walking around here today. He would say stuff like that. So this, whoever that person was, they're laying at the bottom of that, that pool or that river or that wherever. Um, they're not just washed and cleansed of their sin. That person is actually gone, and there's a whole new person in Christ that's, that's risen. That's what happens to us when we enter into relationship with Christ and we are baptized into that there is a totally new person now. We are resurrected into a new life with him. It's completely clean, completely done and over a whole new beginning. We, we talk about the gospel being good news. I got to tell you, this is very good news. This is very good news. I, I don't know how, how many of you have actually suffered under the weight of sin in your life for any season of time. It's not fun. It's incredibly, incredibly burdensome to carry. And we don't have to do it. That's really, really good news. I mean, that's, that's headline-breaking news. That should be on the, on the little bottom banner on CNN all day, every day. Good news. Baptism. You're free. You don't have to carry that anymore. Take that away. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send somebody a note and ask them to change that. Let's put that on there. Take away all the other stuff. We, we don't need that. Whoever you were, whatever you did, wherever you came from, whatever happened, any sin that you committed, any sin that was committed against you, and that leaves a stain on us too. That can all be gone right now today in baptism. The foundation of baptism came from the Old Testament in the early days uh, of Scripture and and through Genesis and Exodus, and uh, we see the people doing ceremonial washings, Deuteronomy, you see this a lot. And so that was sort of the foundational issues. That was part of the process of preparing themselves for the presence of God was these ceremonial washings. And then as time moved forward into the intertestamental period, so about 400 years between the end of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament. And during that time, people began to take seriously uh, the Word of God, and especially that scripture in Isaiah that we talked about, John the Baptist, when he quoted when he came, you know, one came out from the wilderness preaching the repentance of sin, you know, baptism, repentance, forgiveness of sins. And so people began to, in groups and clusters, actually move out into the wilderness to prepare for the coming of the Lord. There was a sense that something was going to happen. Nobody knew exactly when or how or where or who or what, but they knew something was going to happen. So there were these different groups that began to go out and, and, and remove themselves sort of from society uh, and camp out and begin to just open their hearts and prepare for the coming of the Lord. And at the same time, as they were doing that, they began to practice baptism. They began to baptize one another as part of the preparation process. So... As history moves forward a little bit, by the time Jesus came, it was very, very common then for if a Gentile would convert to Judaism, they would baptize that person as, as a sort of a, a washing, a cleansing, and an entrance into that relationship with God, but also into, and, and this is something that I, I don't want us to miss because we, we sang this this morning too, and I can't remember the lyric, but it was one of the early songs this morning, into the family of God, into the community of Christ. When we're baptized, we're we're, we're forgiven of our sins and we're washed clean, but we're also introduced not only to new life, but a new family. And that is so profound. Look, the other thing that happens in life is we get lonely sometimes. 
We get distanced and separated from people. And we don't have to. We can be connected. And God brought us into an amazing, amazing family. I, I, I said in the back this morning, you know, I was talking to Doug and, and um, Dawn, who was talking before service. I said, you know, I just, I just like being here with you guys. Doug said, how was your trip? I go, it's good, it's fine, it's good. But I like being here with you guys. I really do. I, I, like, I, I like coming in and seeing your faces. I like when we're sitting back there praying before service and I can hear the kids out here getting a little crazy. I, I love that. I really do. I, I, you know, that moment when the lights come on after worship, it's, it's hard on the eyes. But I love that because I love seeing you guys. This community means a lot to me. And I think it means a lot to some of you. And it can be, I want to say this, it can be life-saving. There is nothing in this life like having that family and that sense of support and encouragement around you when you go through challenging times. We need each other in that regard. So that's kind of the root of baptism. Baptism is an ancient practice that has been followed by Christians. Uh, every strength, Catholics, Orthodox Church, Protestants, all practice baptism from really the earliest church to today. It takes different shapes and forms, do it differently. That really isn't an issue. We don't we don't care so much about that. The reality is that the, sim- the symbolism, the meaning, the depth of it is the same for all of us. Um, I, I, I wish the slides were on. I had a picture I was going to show you. I was converted at, um, I became a Christian when I was 14 years old. And I attended a uh, th- denominational church in, in our community. It was really good, good time for me all through high school. But during that time, I was there for about five years, I was never presented the opportunity for baptism. And I'm looking back, I was thinking about this week, I, I thought, that's kind of weird. Why didn't that happen? Nobody ever said you should get baptized. So I never got baptized. Then I started going to this little home group that became a church that eventually became the Vineyard. And in the very beginning of that, the first year of that church, 1977, we had an all-church retreat. And part of the festivities for the weekend of that retreat was a baptism. And I had not signed up or prepared or thought I was going to be baptized. It hadn't even come across the radar screen, you know. But I was there standing, uh, watching this happening, and this thing came over me, and I go, I got to get in the water. I just felt compelled. I mean, at that very moment, and I walked up to one of our pastors and uh, said, hey, I I, got to get baptized. And so uh, I did. And uh, the picture I had for you was actually in the pool. It's Carl Tuttle and I standing side by side, and he's got his hand on my nose, and we're at Calvary Chapel Twin Peaks in 1977 at my baptism. And it was a profound time. And, and, and frankly, uh, you know, one of those PowerPoints, one of those foundational moments in my history that led me to be here today. And I share that with you simply to say this, that I do not want any of you to go through much of life without being presented the opportunity for baptism. So if anybody has not been baptized, uh, this spring, when it warms up a little bit, we're going to have a baptism. And uh, it's been a little while. We baptized a couple people last year, and I know we did one kind of off baptism earlier this year, uh, sort of emergency baptism. Uh, but we'll, we'll organize it and do it collectively as a church, as a body, invite everybody to come, have some worship. And, and I would encourage you, if you've never been baptized, to really... Give it some consideration. You can talk to me if you'd like. I can give you some more information about it. Maybe if you were somebody who was baptized as a small child and it, 
it may, you may have forgotten about it or it didn't have much meaning to you, whatever. You can pray and see. You're, you're probably fine. You're okay. But you might want to get baptized again. And that's perfectly okay. You can do that. Um, again, I think it's powerful not only in how it impacts you. And let me say, it, 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 it's a powerful time. It's a weird thing. I've baptized a lot of people over the course of, of my time in ministry. And I've had people that come out of the water laughing. Just laughing, cracking up. I've had people that come out of the water crying, bawling. It's opposite response. I think they're both happy. I have had people come out of the water speaking in tongues. That was a wild one. But it's a powerful time. Yeah, it's a symbolic time, but it's a powerful time. Um, Not only is it powerful in the life of the individual being baptized, but I want to say this. it's, It's a powerful time in the life of the body, in the life of the community. And so I think it's going to be, I, I'm praying that if, as we do baptism this spring, it's going to be a dynamic, powerful time in the life of our church. That it's, it's, going, to, it's going to release something fresh in, in the midst of who we are. Uh, and if you guys want to come up now, so I don't forget to call the band back, <laughs> as I sometimes do. Um, last thing I want to say is this, parents, regarding uh, baptizing children. So some churches have a specific age or whatever, we do not have a set age at which we will or won't baptize kids. Uh, I think that they should be old enough to have some level of understanding as to what they're doing. But I want to allow you as a family to make that decision together. Now, I would be happy to meet with you, talk to you, process with you. But ultimately, I will not make that decision. I want you as parents and your family together to make that decision as to whether or not... So whether your kid is... You know, and again, I don't want to even give age limits, uh, but, but at whatever age that you guys feel it would be meaningful, I, I would be happy to encourage you to do that. And with that, I want to say this. The last thing on baptism is that we also have no specific uh, criteria as to who can or cannot baptize someone. And so, typically, our normal sort of approach is this, that whoever has had that spiritual influence in your life and who you look to as sort of a a, a mentor or leader or discipler in your life would be the most likely person to baptize you. So parents, what I'm saying is you, you are welcome to baptize your children yourselves. And we have had, over the years, parents baptize their kids a lot of times. And it's always really, really special home group leaders, uh, you know, youth pastor, whoever, it doesn't matter. Uh, you could, you, you, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll prepare those people that are being baptized and those that are baptizing. So uh, you, can, you can be together in that. So why don't you guys stand? And I, we had some ministry earlier, but I want to go ahead and close us with prayer today. Uh, we've got a little bit of time left, so it's nice. The band's going to lead us in one more song. But I want you to think about this as we sing. Um, get that back to Rachel for me. You know, I know that most of us are believers and follow Jesus. But sometimes even in that, we carry a little bit of guilt and shame with us. And it, it, that just seems to be a theme this morning. If there's something that's weighing you down, I would encourage you during these last few minutes to just uh, give that up to the Lord. And allow him to take that. You don't need to carry that. I mean, you don't need to take it with you today. Let it go. I'm going to, uh, as we sing this song, if our ministry team would make your way over to the sides of the room and they'll be there waiting. And if you would like somebody to pray with you regarding whatever's going on in your life, and again, it's not limited to that. If you're sick today, if 
Anything else going on? You know, you know our policy. We'll pray with you for anything. But you can go over and, and meet with one of them, and they'll pray for you. But just uh, even if you just pray on your own, just begin to release whatever might be weighing you down today to the, to the hands of God and let him take that. Just ask him to come in and set you free.